All right, we're recording again. Um, welcome back. It's uh, today, uh, Sunday, April 11th. Um, I think we missed one week, I think. Uh, but anyway, it's great to have you back, Dad, and uh, look forward to hearing more about uh, the trip to the U.S. Yeah, we missed one week because it was Easter. Oh, yes, okay. I knew, I knew there was a good reason, yes. It was both European and Ethiopian Easter together. So yes. Was a big so we're actually, we're actually together, but uh, not, not doing this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so this is session six, as you said, and uh, we're, we're covering uh, my travel to America, uh, having finished uh, UCAA uh, in 1956. Uh, we were 17 in that graduating, 18, sorry, 18 of us graduated from uh, UCAA in 1956, and 17 of us were awarded government scholarships, fully uh, paid by the government, no foreign uh, uh, money this time. It is only later on that uh, USAID and the British and the other ones came to uh, give the scholarships. Um, in, with us, it was entirely funded by the Ethiopian government. Wow. So 17 of uh, Sorry? I said that's a lot of money from... You know, that's from... a lot of money indeed. Yeah. <laughs> 17 of us uh, went to uh, different colleges in America, but all of us know well most of us went to U.S. Uh, let's see, two or three went to Canada, McGill. Uh, otherwise, we were all in the U.S., but different universities, uh -huh. mostly in the Midwest. But I myself went to Harvard. We were four of us at Harvard. I think I mentioned it in one of our sessions. Uh, but the interesting point is before we left, there were two things that happened. <coughs> one was that uh, we were all given um, free clothing, free two suits were bought for us, wow. full suits for by the government, including an overcoat, underwear, pajamas, <laughs> hat, an umbrella, <laughs> shirts, necktie, everything. Wow. So we were fully attired. <laughs> uh, and uh, the funny thing, uh, maybe I'll have a chance to, to, to say it there, but I'll say it now anyways. You can imagine all these Ethiopians walking the streets of Cairo and, and Athens and, yeah. and Rome <laughs> in the heat of summer, in this July, <laughs> with our overcoats and, <laughs> and two suits and, uh, and the necktie. Yeah. <laughs> umbrella and the hat. Uh, that we were, and, and proudly. Very proud. Uh, yeah. uh, we are not used to it, obviously. So my hat and my umbrella were lost uh, in Cairo uh, between the airport and the hotel. I uh, left it in the hotel uh, and, uh, yeah. in the airlines bus. So that was the end of it. And my replacement. Uh, but anyway, that was uh, uh, there was uh, an office in the Minister of Education, in the procurement office of the Minister of Education, that handled... Uh, these purchases. There was an officer, a former priest, uh, whose job was precisely to go around with, uh, I think he took two of us at a time, two of, uh, two, two of these graduates at a time, uh, on a shopping spree. <laughs> and we were free. To... <laughs> so now it's, uh, it's funny, but at that time we didn't think it was funny. It was <laughs> so that was one thing that happened. The other thing was we were given an orientation on proper table manners. Oh my and God! His, his uh, and utensils. 
Yeah, yes. how to use fork and knife, yes. and and, uh, and we were told many times over that we shouldn't eat from our neighbor's plate. But <laughs> 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 we would do it in Ethiopia, and these uh, orientations were given by staff wives uh, and also embassy wives <laughs> that came to the really? foreign agent. The, yeah. I mean, the foreign the foreign embassy wives are recruited. Well, the, uh, yeah, the staff wives would bring one or two foreign uh, embassy wives, and uh, wow. you know, one day they will talk about the various wines or which fork to use for what, you know, that kind of. So, uh, what class to use for what? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So we were given all that, and and after, except for that, we were left much to ourselves in terms of booking our flights to America. We didn't know a thing about bookings. We had never been out of the country. This is the first <laughs> time we left the country. Yeah. But uh, luckily, there was only one airline. I don't know whether it was lucky or not. But yeah. So the Ethiopian Airlines uh, um, staff there who do the bookings were very helpful. And uh, being the first trip, <laughs> we made sure that we stopped at every possible opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so we were not in a hurry to get to America. In my case... Uh, well, the Ethiopian Airlines went at that time, I think, only to Cairo. It didn't go beyond Cairo. But before it reached, it reached Cairo, it stopped in uh, Asmara. So I stopped in Asmara and stayed there a night. Yeah. Went to Khartoum, stayed there a night. And uh, and then uh, and uh, Cairo, stayed there a couple of nights. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we took foreign uh, 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 TWA because Ethiopian Airlines was associated with TWA. Yeah. TWA doesn't exist. Doesn't now, exist so. anymore. Yeah. 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 They did uh, bookings for uh, the uh, on uh, the uh, following trips. I mean, to Greece, Athens, and and over and, and across the ocean. Oh my God. Uh, uh, we were given two hundred dollars in cash, each of us in U.S. currency as pocket money. And believe it or not, it was enough with all those stops <laughs> to bring us to Ethiopia, to America, from wow. Ethiopia to America. Uh, you, you must, I think you should remember that this was well, barely about 10 years after the end of World War II. So Europe was, in a, was you know, was a poor, yeah. it wasn't it what it was, it, is, it was not yeah. what it is now. Yeah. Uh, in, in Athens, for instance, the uh, housekeepers, you know, the hotel keepers, the maids would beg you for cigarettes. Mm. Yeah, uh, one Ethiopian burr, uh, you could you could exchange in 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 in, in Athens <laughs> as if it was a hard currency wow. for about a, 150 drachmas. I mean, money there was. I mean, you know, we were talking about thousands. One US dollars would be like I don't know how many thousands of drachmas or how many thousand lire. So it's. It was a different world then than now Europe was. Yeah, but also, yeah. also you were motivated. I mean, you knew that you couldn't, uh, you know, call home to get more money. So no, no, no. <laughs> you were gonna make it last. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, we didn't. Uh, I mean, in every city we went, we the first thing we do, uh, at least in Europe and also in Cairo, was to uh, do the uh, sites. There were uh, touring. Buses, so we joined the various tours, the various tourists, and um, visited the pyramids and and the, the other historical places in uh, in Greece or in in Athens or Rome. So we didn't have uh, uh, we didn't steer away to nightclubs or anything. Yeah. But if we did, it was very very <laughs> modest. Yeah. Um, uh, 
in Asmara, just in terms of uh, personal experience, I, we, I, we, I stayed in a hotel that was uh, off. Uh, off where Ethiopians were not allowed or Eritreans were not allowed wow. during the Italian occupation Albergo something or other I forget his name and that was my f- no, the, the only reason I'm mentioning it is that this was the first dilemma I made you know, in, in my overseas trip mm. uh, because the waiter was a Ferengi Italian mm. and the question of whether to tip Ferengi or not was a big question for me. <laughs> it was no, no experience. Yeah. But the guy who was sitting with me was a, a, a major in the Ethiopian army uh, who had um, fought in Korea and had traveled before. So uh, he knew, you know, he's been out of the country. So he encouraged me to do that. I mean, he said there was no, no, nothing wrong. I mean, you would be doing it uh, more and more uh, as you go to America. He was being, he was appointed to as educational, no, military attache in in Washington. So uh, this was just a part, we just, this was a, right a chance meeting. Yeah, 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 exactly. And we became friends later on. Uh, I mean, he, uh, after we returned and he to, um, in the 70s and, and late 60s, he was the uh, head of the Secret Service, or the security. Huh. Uh, his name was uh, uh, Colonel uh, Mm, what's his name? I've written it somewhere here. I can, uh, it doesn't matter. So we became good friends. Anyway, uh, that was a, an interesting uh, was dilemma. There, that was, was there any... <clears throat> I didn't know that. They, I mean, so Italians were excluding locals, you know, just during, the, during their occupation, you know. And so uh, was, there, was there much stigma still there? Or, I mean, it wasn't that far before, right? I mean, let me let me put it a different way. When you go to Nairobi and you go to, you know, some of the hotels in mm-hmm. the in the eighties, I mean, mm-hmm. it it still felt uncomfortable being dark colored. Mm-hmm. Was uh, that was it like that? Mm, I didn't feel it that way. No, uh, uh, I mean that place was off limit for uh, blacks during the Italian occupation. But then there were so many also similar places in Addis that were off limits to Ethiopians. Mm. Uh, in the Piazza, I think I mentioned that, you know, they established a, a market, Mar- Mercato Indigeno, you know, the present Mercato yeah, yeah. was for the Ethiopians and the Piazza was for the uh, whites. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I didn't feel it that way, but it, it's just a remnant of the Italian occupation. And, uh, and, and in Ethiopia, the, the Italians, there, there are no Italian waiters. I mean, you know, they, they were mostly mechanics and uh, worked for the electric company and telephone company, and they were self-employed, basically. Yeah. And, and if they had a restaurant, uh, there were a, a few Italian restaurants, uh, but they were the owners or, uh, or managers, but not uh, regular uh, waiters. Yeah. So. The question of tipping an Italian uh, white man was didn't arise in one hour in Ethiopia. Hey, you know, either way, you'd get bad service. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so then you made it all the way to to uh, America as seventeen, or you guys already started to split up? No, 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 no. We were uh, uh, we each one made his own uh, separate bookings, but oh, okay. sometimes we would meet in Europe. Uh. Like in Rome, I met the Shomem, and we visited the Vatican and other places, the various uh, uh, tourist sites with the Shomem. Okay. I remember him. Ar- I remember him arguing with the 
with uh, some Catholic, uh, Catholic nuns in the Vatican. Uh, <laughs> How could you argue with a nun in Rome? <laughs> in, in the Vatican, that uh, our church was, the, was more correct than their church. But uh, he didn't carry it too far. But we, we meet once in a while with, you know, in... in, in in uh, Paris, I'm, I run into Fikre, my cousin, uh, and Abraham. So we, we, once in a while, we would just uh, uh, meet. Uh, and then we also, before we left, we knew who would be where at which moment when, so we would look for each other. But uh, no, we didn't go all together. We were like two or three in, in, each, in each trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Were, were you scared? Do you remember being scared at all? No. That, in fact, that's a point I wanted to make. I, we didn't think, uh, I mean, you, you remember we, we, we talked last week, last session, how uh, self-confident we were at UCA. Yeah. That self-confidence continued until we reached America. Wow. <laughs> we were, uh, no, we had no uh, inferiority complex when we didn't care uh, I mean, we, 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 we simply didn't feel any of this color. You know, we didn't have any chips on our shoulder. Uh, mm. We just mingled with the Europeans as if they were not any different from us, you know, or, or, or for that matter, even the um, Americans. Wow. So that uh, sort of confidence uh, continued for a long time. Well, that's that's uh, a gift. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, well, impressions... Uh, Cairo, it was very, very hot, crowded. It, it was July, noisy, unattractive, uncomfortable. And I still, those prejudices, if I can call them that, I mean, you know, those impressions, they persisted until the end. And I very seldom uh, stopped in Cairo uh, during any my, my many, many trips, either at the World Bank or even when I was at the uh, university, uh, when I was working for the university and traveled all over the world. Very seldom did I stop in, in Cairo, I guess. <laughs> I had that bad experience from the in 19, summer of 1956. Well, I mean, since 1956, I would imagine Cairo has gotten more hot and more crowded. Yeah, yeah, but hopefully it's a little bit more ordered. But I don't know. I, I, you know, same with Khartoum it was very hot, unbelievably hot. Uh, remember, there is no air conditioning in those years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was only a fan. Uh, in, in in fact, in 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 uh, in Khartoum, I don't think I slept all, all night. You know, it was so hot and so humid. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah. And you and you're coming from Addis. I mean, you're a mile yeah. high. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. Mm. Uh, that was uh, in uh, Athens, where I, I think I told you we, we took the tours and uh, saw all those uh, historic places. Same with Rome. Um, in Rome, that was where I had my first Coke, uh, Coca-Cola. You were kidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, in fact, at the Vatican, while Tushoma was arguing, those nuns was <laughs> having my Coke. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I had never seen a Coca-Cola or uh, didn't know the thing. You know, yeah. There was none. That's, like, that's, that's, no. a, that's a famous movie about the uh, South African natives where the Coke bottle fell from the sky. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I remember <laughs> seeing that movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're one of them, yeah. <laughs> except you had a suit. Our, <laughs> our, yeah. Our main problem in all these trips was how to order our meals because we didn't know the European food. 
in in Rome we were okay because it was you know Italian food and we had uh, eaten Italian food in our dish, uh, spaghetti and, and uh, pasta al forno and so forth and so on. So that that was okay. But when we were in Rome or when we were in Cairo or when we were in Athens, um, you know, very difficult. Uh, it got worse when we got to London in the <laughs> sense that... <laughs> well, there's nothing good anyway, right? Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, also uh, in London, uh, the first breakfast we had, they gave us uh, cornflakes. And we'd never seen cornflakes. <laughs> so we didn't know whether it was to be eaten uh, dry, whether it was to be eaten with a fork and not. We just didn't know what to do with it. So, so uh, it wasn't just me, but a couple of others as well. So, like good Abashas, we didn't want to embarrass ourselves, so we just left it alone. <laughs> we didn't do anything with it. Uh, it, wasn't part of the, it wasn't part of the etiquette lessons that you'd gotten. So. They didn't tell us about uh, uh, this. Uh, I guess they assumed we knew that. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, from uh, Rome, we, okay, I think I mentioned uh, Cairo, Athens. Rome, Paris, London. We My stayed God. a couple of yeah. I mean, you, you could you couldn't have stopped anymore if you'd taken a train, but no, exactly. Uh, and from uh, London, we flew uh, to New York, hmm. but this was mind you the, the pre pre jet era, hmm. so the flight took eighteen hours to cross what? the ocean. Really? Yeah, eight hours. Yeah, it stopped in two places uh, for refueling, yeah. and uh, what the plane they called it at the time was the newest f plane that TWA had. You know, flying uh, transatlantic from London to New York. You can imagine it. It was the most modern, and they were making big wow. fuss out of it. It was called the Super G Constellation. You know, it was all kinds of advertisements about the Super G Constellation. I guess it was one of those pre-jet. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, yeah, I, I think I, no, I think I've seen it. it. Yeah, no, I think I've seen it. It's like you know, it's those things you see on the newsreels, you know, airplane yeah. travel. Now bringing the people together, you know, and then they showed the yeah. thing with the big four propellers on it. Exactly. Yeah. So it took. Uh, it stopped in Newfoundland. It stopped uh, in Northern Ireland for twice. Stopped for refueling, yeah. uh, and finally we reached New York. Um, uh, thankfully. Uh, I did not enter Manhattan. There was, I mean, you know, thankfully in the sense that there was no culture shock with all those skyscrapers. Yeah. We, direct from the airport, we went to uh, Washington. Uh. Yeah. Uh, from Washington, I uh, took a taxi, those were cheap those days, to the Ethiopian embassy. That was our uh. point of uh, contact for anything, either the Ethiopian embassy, yeah, it's the Ethiopian embassy, really. Ethiopian embassy or... We met, uh, in, in, in Washington, there was an educational attaché, so he was our host kind of thing, you know, he met us and he didn't meet us at the airport, but we went, he was the first one we meet, he would give us a briefing where we were going, how we were going, he would give us our travel money, our allowances and so forth, so, um, but in Washington, we also met the Ethiopian ambassador, 
Ligilma, who he was a for, uh, one of the most educated Ethiopian, one of the uh, pre-war educated Ethiopian uh, ministers. He was killed by the Derg. He was minister of finance, a very well-liked uh, person uh, from Wallaga. Uh, and uh, he was educated in England. So when he Actually, Tashom and I went to the embassy there together, and he was not happy because uh, he thought we should have been sent to you to to England for education. You know what? And you learn in America. <laughs> he was he was an Anglophile. Yeah, hey, Anglophile. Yeah, <clears throat> What did everybody go to the embassy, or how did they yeah. arrange it? That's what, yeah, the Washington embassy. We all had to go there, mm. but that was where we would be given our. Uh, um, f- f- fares to go to the various destinations yeah. uh, where we would be given our uh, allowances. Now, I should say something about our allowances. It was 175, no, $170 a month. Wow. And this was, this was to cover everything except tuition, clothing, wow. uh, food, room, um, entertainment, Everything. The only thing the government paid directly was the tuition fees. Wow. Everything else we had to pay it out of this uh, 170. Mm. And the 170 was all for the uh, Eastern, uh, like uh, Harvard and I mean, like uh, Boston, New York, um, the Eastern Coast, mm. basically. Uh, Midwest, like Kifri was in Wisconsin, Takalin mm. uh, was in uh, University of Illinois. They were given only 135 because wow. less less expensive, um, and while we were okay with uh, time-wise in terms of budgeting time and uh, organizing ourselves, we were lousy with how to use money. You know, we we, we were just not used to handling money. Mm. So the our friends used to joke us to joke about us, saying that the Ethiopians either. Uh, um, was was what they either starve or uh, what's the opposite of starve? Well, I mean, they were flush. I mean, you know, they they yeah. they treated everybody. Yeah. So um, anyway, mm. uh, that's how we managed. Uh, yeah, the first stop uh, port of call was the embassy, and, and the educational attaché was a person uh, we heard about, and he was very nice. He gave us a briefing and uh, what kind of life to expect, and uh, generally uh, he made our transition to America smooth. We didn't stay long in in America in, in Washington. Those years, Washington was also a color time, you know, mm. it was a color bar. So he kind of hurried us to leave the city and go to our respective destinations. Yeah. Was it so? I mean, that was the fifties. I mean, the Midwest would be the same. And what? I mean, New York was different. New York and Boston were different. Well, there were. I mean, Washington was a virtually a southern city. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of southern uh, customs were prevalent here. Mm. Uh, there were. Places that were off limits for uh, blacks in the restaurants in Washington, yeah. as late as uh, 1958, 60, even 60, 1960, we've been, 
we've been told to leave a place because of our color in 1960, but we'll get to that maybe another time. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I've experienced anything like that. I mean, there may be, there may be prejudice, but not outside, not 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 outright uh, expulsion of uh, uh, blacks in in Boston. I haven't seen any, or New York for that. New York especially. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, did the did you guys um, communicate with the embassy frequently or infrequently? I mean, how did I mean you're you're most of you are individuals. I mean, you're alone in one city, and the nearest connection was the amb- ambassador or the embassy, right? I mean, yeah, yeah the educational attaché. Yeah. Uh, yes, we corresponded in the sense that our money would run out. You know, yeah. <laughs> our pocket money would run out. Yeah. And we we would be sending uh, messages and, and grumblings and so forth and so on. Yeah. Uh, that was our main problem, really, with the money we had. Yeah. But mostly, or at least half and half, half, because we didn't know how to make good, uh, take good care of money and we didn't know budgeting and that kind of thing, or we just didn't have the experience. Mm. And also, it wasn't just quite enough <laughs> for. Yeah, for I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't <laughs> think the problem was the budget. It was the problem was the amount. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in that sense, we, yeah, we did have contact with him, but uh, he had very little say because he gets his own money from Ethiopia and he doesn't get it on time either. Yeah. Later on. Later on, towards my uh, when I was about to return to Ethiopia, another educational attaché uh, replaced him, the one we had uh, at the time, and he was more uh, creative, in the sense that uh, he used the embassy's prerogative or the embassy's influence to get a credit line from the local banks, from American banks. Wow, okay, so even if he didn't get his money from Ethiopia, he would still be able to send us money on time. So it yeah. was it was okay. Yeah. But it, that was too late for us. <laughs> we were about to leave uh, for Ethiopia. By that time, he uh, ironed, uh, the pro- ironed out the problem. Yeah. Wow. Uh, from uh, from uh, Washington, uh, Many many of our friends, many of my colleagues took the train or they took the trains to their respective destinations. But somehow, I I, I took the 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 plane. Uh, the educational attaché arranged for me to take American Airlines. I, I don't know whether it was good or bad, but I took the American Airlines to Boston and stayed uh, at a hotel across the street, immediately across the street from. Uh, uh, the uh, South Station, if you, if you know, if you know Boston, mm, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You don't know. Uh, and uh, when I, I I stayed there a night, so in the uh, early in the morning I went to the uh, station to the uh, receptionist and asked uh, how to get to Harvard, because yeah. I thought Harvard was another long long ways away. I had to take a train or a plane or a train. I didn't know whether it was just across the river. <laughs> so she laughed, uh, the young lady there laughed and told me, just take the subway, you know. <laughs> that was yeah. that. Yeah. So we went uh, to Harvard. Um, <clears throat> at Harvard, uh, our transition was made much easy, uh, easier by the foreign students' office. Mm. It was like a home yeah. for us. I see, okay, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Later, it was it was renamed not only at Harvard but elsewhere as well, uh, International Students Office. But yeah. at that time, it was called the Foreign Students Office, 
and he was virtually like uh, our foster parent kind of the foreign student advisor mm. and and he, he was very helpful in terms of uh, um, giving us advice on how to search for rooms how to meet other friends on general orientation about the university registration um campus life the cafeteria all those things he you know they had printed materials and he spent time with us really yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, well they had they had the, they had the experience i mean i'm sure people have been coming to harvard yeah. from from everywhere yeah so exactly. you were lucky i mean that may not have been the same experience for illinois or something though i mean they might have had a harder uh, time a harder time probably there so between the foreign students office and there are also uh, luckily uh, two Ethiopians at Harvard at the time oh, okay. who had been there already a year. One was my former classmate, Fimeta Prota. She graduated from UCAA in 1955. In fact, I, that's the class I, would have, I should have graduated with if I hadn't lost a year. Mm. So we knew, we, we knew her. She's uh, uh, half Ethiopian, half uh, Italian, mm. but oh, okay. spoke on Amharic. And her father himself was a, a, a lawyer. Yeah, uh, so he spoke excellent Amharic. So she was there, and then so another so guy was at the so, so there was a I didn't know this. So there was a woman in the first graduating class. Even that's interesting. Yes, yeah, in, uh, in the class of 1950. Yes, there was a, yeah. Fiamita was there. What's her name? Fiamita. It's a common Italian name. Fiamita Prota. P R O T P R O T A. Fiamita was WM and WT. Okay. You're right. You, you need, you need, uh, she's now her. Huh? You go ahead. You have just a, an interesting name. Yeah. No, no. I mean, yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she got married while we were at Harvard to a, an, an Armenian Ethiopian, uh, also <laughs> half caste, half Armenian, half Ethiopian. Okay. And you know what? I mean, you know, we're digressing, I know, but it was interesting to recall yeah, yeah, uh, the. Father, the guy who gave her away as a father was the dean of the faculty of education. Ah, okay. <laughs> he had become so close to us and he had become so friendly to us. His name was Francis Keppel, K-E-P-P-E-L. Uh -huh. And later, you know, he joined the uh, uh, Kennedy, John Kennedy's administration as wow. secretary of education. Secretary wow. of education. And the cabinet. Yeah. Huh? That's Sorry, amazing. 1960. 63, sorry. When, when did uh, Kennedy go to uh, get to power? 61. 61. 61. Yeah. Yeah, 61. So, but he was... But this was... Hmm? He was... He was, he the, was dean, the dean of the School of at, at Harvard? Yeah. Uh, he was the dean of the Faculty of Education, the School of Education at oh, Harvard. Oh, I see. Okay. Who gave her away? But obviously said her father, he gave her away while she was at Harvard. Yeah. Okay. But he wasn't she, her she father. Was, no, no, no. Her okay. father was in Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah, but okay. the, her husband came, her uh, fiancé yeah. came from Ethiopia yeah. to, uh, to get married. Uh, and uh, they got married in Cambridge. Wow. Yeah. And with the, uh, and, uh, the father, the, uh, Francis Keppel, Dean Keppel, was the one who, uh, who gave her away as a. Uh, and we were, <laughs> the Ethiopian community were there doing the skista and the uh, wow. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, okay. So the foreign students' office plus the 
two Ethiopians who were already there, you know, when we joined uh, the university, they, they also smoothened, helped us uh, with the transition, uh, with getting to know the place and uh, with orientation and so forth. Uh, well, uh, I don't know how much uh, to say about uh, uh, the first, I mean, you know, I can say a little bit more about my impressions, you know. What impressed me the most uh, <coughs> when we went to the first to our classes at Harvard was the informality. There are s- things are so informal. Mm. The students and the staff, you could hardly distinguish one from the other, you know. And in fact, one day, going into a class in psychology, I found the teacher sitting on the teacher's desk, and he was facing us, you know. And I thought he was a student, and we were just waiting for the teacher to come. Because <laughs> normally when a teacher comes, we would stand up, even at UCA. Yeah. And uh, there are a lot of uh, difference between students and staff. There it was, uh, you know, it was just first-name basis almost. Uh, and the other thing was there were large number of women students, very emancipated women, yeah. who talked and, you know, just like as much and as often as the uh, the boys. And that was quite uh, something um, unusual for us. So that too, uh, impressed me in, in a way. I remember it. This is the same thing uh, I tell people my first impression. And, and, it, and it's... It it never makes sense to anybody here, but I vividly remember my first day walking into elementary school, you know, yeah. 1975, and it was the same yeah. thing. I couldn't believe people were getting up from their chairs, walking around, running yeah, around the hallways, exactly, exactly. and the, and the sheer volume of the of the noise. I I thought it was yeah. chaos. I thought it was a zoo. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly the same thing. Uh, more importantly, the difference between. Uh, the university here and the UCA I was we had a very very flexible schedule I mean we had choices of classes and it was a matter of choosing and picking you know uh, our classes and uh, plenty of free time to roam around and to go to the library to read yeah. and so we went wild you know with <laughs> with what we did um, but luckily we had this uh, Jesuit uh, uh, background of uh, of of, uh, of uh, self discipline and so forth, so that helped us quite a bit. Yeah. But we, as I said a little earlier, you know, we didn't care about. There was no uh, color bar that we felt. You know, we just felt like just anybody else. So we intermingled mm. um, with the with the group without any problem. And many were surprised that we spoke good English because they thought we, we came from Africa and from Ethiopia for uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that we you know we could barely express ourselves yeah. because there were some Japanese and other foreigners who could barely speak English. Yeah. So they were very surprised. So when we tell them that we learned our English in, in Ethiopia, they, they just couldn't believe us. Mm. Uh, so we had no chips on our shoulder. We intermingled freely. Um, in fact, we were quite popular, and we were very um, um, popular guests at mm. Thanksgivings and Christmases for these uh, foreign uh, American uh, homes. They would take us there, to take us to their churches, invite us to their homes, and and we would talk to the to their YMCA's and to churches. So, wow. yeah. Uh, we were uh, curiosity, uh, point of curiosity. Um, I think we still are in a way. I mean, I think Ethiopians <laughs> still sort of have, you know, we're still exotic, even though there's thousands of us. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
die uh, light load, like, you know, 15 hours a week is the, uh, all the classes we had, mm. is like what we did in one day at UCAA. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you remember from the last session. Yeah. So we had lots of time in, uh, at our disposal. So if it weren't for our, uh, you know, the strict upbringing we got from the Jesuits at uh, TMS and UCAA, I yeah. think it would have been lost. Yeah, yeah. We would have been lost. So uh, in spite of, uh, I mean, you know, the two things that were rare commodities at UCAA, yeah. time, time and flexibility, choosing courses, yeah, these were in great abundance at uh, at Harvard. So this this was very impressive. I mean, you know, we just couldn't get over it. Um, and that's interesting because you go, you ask the, you know, my friend Phil. You know, he's he he says the same thing except in reverse. He mm-hmm. can't be, he can't believe how structured uh, college education in the U.S. is compared to England. Oh. I mean, in England, you're basically on your own. I mean, you show up and you're expected to That's learn right. a lot, and then you're supposed to graduate. I mean, everything That's in between right. is basically up to you. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but um, compared to Ethiopia or uh, the you know developing countries, this is this is something else. Yeah. Um, well, I, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I uh, took cost courses mostly. Um, well, I, I was majoring in what they called at that time the social and philosophical foundations of education yeah. uh, or comparative education. In other words, they're trying to see uh, why, uh, for instance, just to take an example, why schools uh, in France or USSR are so centralized, whereas in those in England were, are decentralized and are run by the communities or yeah, yeah. by municipalities. And they, won't, they would go into their social and uh, historical backgrounds of those two countries and see what it is that determined the mm. system to be one or another. Mm. So there was a lot of social, sociology, philosophy and history in, in, in the kind of uh, major that I had. Yeah. So I was free to take courses. I know no, not free. I had to take a number of courses outside the School of Education at the Graduate School of Arts and Sciences on the main campus, I mean, across the street. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was lucky in that sense. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, some of my professors, just to uh, mention uh, the two that I remember the most was, uh, both one was, yeah, both were, his, one, one was historian, the other one was a philosopher, Israel Scheffler, I, I think he retired, well, he surely retired by now if he's still alive. Uh, Israel Scheffler was the philosophy professor, and uh, and we thought we knew philosophy, remember I told you that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but with, with, uh, with Israel Scheffler, uh, Professor Scheffler, uh, that's when we discovered that we didn't know history, we didn't know yeah. uh, uh, philosophy because his approach was so different. It was yeah. comparative philosophy. We had to read all kinds of philosophers uh, in, in different contexts. And, uh, uh, you know, it was an eye-opener. Yeah. It was an eye-opener in the sense that uh, um, what was good for us from the old days was the manner in which we were taught the discipline and so forth, but not necessarily the content of what we learned in philosophy, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and oh, Yurik, Professor Yurik was a German, very heavily accented German. Yeah. In fact, he was the Minister of Education in one of the German um, uh, repu- states during the Weimar Republic. Do you wow. remember the Weimar Republic? Yeah. 
in the first and second world, world, world wars. So uh, he spoke with great accent and his great uh, um, belief was in humanism, humanist philosophy. Right. <laughs> and uh, in fact, uh, he encouraged me to join the Harvard Humanist Society. And uh, <laughs> I joined the Harvard Humanist Society and attended all the debates and classes, I mean, uh, discussions. Yeah. Uh, so that, he was uh, uh, one of my... Uh, one of the teachers that impressed me the most or I learned the most from. Wow. Uh, I think I told already that our greatest uh, problem was the, was the budget, but yeah. uh, that statement that I, 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 I now remember, the Ethiopians either feast or uh, fast. Yeah. Or fast. Feast or famine. Uh, yeah. So yeah. sometimes, yeah. as soon as our money comes, you know, with our parties, beers, everything, and then a week later, it's all gone. And <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's a really probably yeah. yeah. Well, how much, do you yes. remember like your expenses? Like how much was rent? How much did you? I mean, how did you yes, make hundred thirty-five dollars or hundred seventy dollars yes, last? Yes, I, yes, I remember my uh, room. Uh, we, we only had a room. Uh, uh, my room at Harvard. Uh, first, I was staying at Kirkland. No, I uh, first at Garden Street, um, 26 Garden Street. Uh, and then, then uh, oh, a few months later, I moved closer to the School of Education to uh, Kirkland Street, 44 Kirkland Street. Every time I go to Cambridge, I make it the point to go, go look at that place. Uh, the, I was paying $9 a week. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> $9 a week. And uh, of course, all the furnishings were supplied. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have to worry about heat or uh, anything. There was no talk about telephone. There just uh, nobody had telephone, only the pay, pay phones in the hallway. Uh -huh. um, food was, uh, well, uh, at a Harvard cafeteria. Uh -huh. uh, I think the most expensive item, if I can remember well, was uh, roast beef for 90 cents. Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, it was 40 cents here, 35 there. Uh, when we uh, were starving, we would eat uh, uh, liver and onions. <laughs> and that was something like under under 50 cents. Wow, oh my you know? God. And, I mean, a whole meal. I mean, like the whole entree. Yeah. A, a good deal of mashed potato with it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, <laughs> that was the cheapest item. So so you had so thirty six dollars a month for uh, board. Let's say you could eat for what would that be nine ninety cents. Let's say a dollar fifty plus a dollar two fifty plus maybe fifty cents three dollars a day times thirty yeah. be ninety dollars a month plus thirty six hundred forty six. You have thirty dollars left over to entertain and buy clothes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we wouldn't buy much clothes. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Only the winter clothes we had to buy. We had no choice. Uh, but uh, maybe this is as good a time as any. After we had completed one year at Harvard, mm. we were told to return to Ethiopia mm. uh, because at that time the government policy was that they would pay for you for your first degree. And then if you want to continue on to for a higher degree, you know, PhD or whatever, you would have to come back, uh, work in the, in, the, in the government services for a year, two years, whatever. For every year of scholarship, two years of uh, government service was the general requirement. Wow, interesting. Uh, 
Yeah, but uh, we wanted to go straight to our uh, PhDs. So we refused to return. I mean, refused in the sense that we said, we, if you don't pay for us, we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll uh, pay it, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make money. I mean, we'll work and, and pay for ourselves. Uh, but little did we know that with the kind of visa we had, we couldn't do that. With the student visa, you couldn't work full time. Uh, so this uh, brought a lot of problem for us. So we went to the usual place, to the foreign student office, and explained uh, to uh, uh, the foreign student advisor that our government is stopping our stipends. We have no more money, but we wanted to continue on for our PhD. So what to do? Mm. And, he gave us the advice, which was very good, that why don't you apply for a green card? Oh, wow. What? We don't know what a green card what uh, is. What's a, what's a green card? Uh, well, with a green card, you can work uh, any number of hours a week, uh, no problem, and you can stay here any number of months. You can, you know, you're, you're a resident. Interesting. So we immediately applied, all four of us, uh, right in his office. He had the uh, forms. Wow. And, and four weeks later, we four of us got the green card. Four weeks later. Four weeks later, we got the green card, so we got the jobs. We oh my there. God! Yeah, uh, and uh, different jobs. Uh, <laughs> um, I went to work for. Uh, well, I had three different places. You know, the longest one I worked was in a Venetian blind factory. Uh, this was done in an assembly line. Uh. There were there was one group who drew the frames. You know the. Uh, plastic flames. My role was to make the slides, you know, how do you call them? The shades. Okay. <laughs> and then another one would do the clamps and then off it goes. Yeah. Uh, it would go to the sales office and they would, uh, you know, uh, yeah. sell. And uh, there was inbuilt uh, um, uh, incentive because if you do in a day over so many square feet, I forget how many it was, yeah. or square then you you'd get a bonus so okay. we would so you can imagine how fast we would yeah. we would do all those slides in, in you know uh, that 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 i worked about four months wow. uh, but previously i had worked uh, for just one day i just couldn't cope with it i mean i, I just gave up was in a cafeteria in downtown boston mm. it was uh, a very, very busy cafeteria, not far from Boston Gardens. Mm. Um, it existed until quite a while. It, it doesn't exist anymore. And it was so um, frustrating because, you know, I was not, I was, uh, how do you call it, a busboy. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, that's, that's so, a classic, yeah. <laughs> I would clean the table, you know, I would clean the front of the uh, cafeteria. And it was clean, neat. And then when I turned back, it's all dirty again, you know. <laughs> people come, and go, and people come and go. It was a busy downtown. So after one day, I just gave up. You know, it wasn't it wasn't my uh, cup of tea. So I left that place. Wow. <laughs> the, um, yeah. the, and previous to that, I, or was it? I forget the rank. The the Venetian blind was the last one. Yeah. Uh, I think the you know the first one was the cafeteria exactly first so I yeah. left in one day yeah. then I went to uh, got another job with at uh, Mass General Hospital oh uh, you go as yeah. a, a, a GH, you know I had uh, yeah. uh, uniform khaki uniform I would yeah. carry a pail of water and uh, and uh, how do you call the mops and uh, clean the corridors and the hallways and the uh, bathrooms as a janitor. <laughs> The janitor, I was yeah. a janitor. <laughs> and I remember 
uh, once, uh, you know, there was this elevator, and you know, MGH has several floors. Uh, uh, every time the elevator came, and those days, you know, they were not self-operated. There were operators, uh, elevator operators. So I would say, please, thank you. And this guy was <laughs> surprised that a janitor would say, please, and, and, and thank you. So he asked me. He was a black man also. What is it that you always say, please, and thank you? Nobody says that. So I told him, you know, I was a student from Harvard, and, and I'm trying to earn some money and, and continue my studies. He said, oh, that explains it. <laughs> so, yeah. so at Harvard, uh, the nurses were very cruel to me. I mean, they would call me whenever there was something spilt on uh, by the yeah. patients. I would have to come and clean. And, oh, and the most difficult thing to maneuver was the buffing machines, you know, the long corridors you had they had to shine uh, after yeah. you in them there was this machine with a brush that you have to run it and a little touch and it would go from one from left <laughs> to right so was, <laughs> so i have to wait until the whole hallway was free so that i wouldn't break somebody's legs <laughs> but that's which is fun. never in the hospital i mean so a poor guy yeah um, yeah it was never free okay. but uh Anyway, I, I worked there three places. My colleagues, uh, we were four, I told you, I think. Uh, Abraham DeMoss, my other colleague, he worked uh, at, uh, uh, it was a food, a wholesale food company. SSP was a famous uh, canned food company that uh, shipped food, American food, to all the embassies overseas. So his, his uh, role was, his, uh, his particular duty was to pack boxes, <laughs> seal them, and unload them to a, to a, a, a lorry, to a mm -hmm. truck. And then they'll be shipped to various American embassies or whoever. Yeah. So that was his, so he had to do a lot of caring. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that was him. The marriage, that, uh, the other guy, from morning to night to evening, the whole day, all he did was, he was working in a cafeteria, was chopping salad. Oh you know? my God. <laughs> Yeah, chop, 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 the holy. You know, he got, uh, Asmarum, he was the, he was the most uh, versatile of us all. Yeah. Asmarum's job was uh, at uh, a clothing uh, company, <laughs> uh, women's clothes. Uh, and his, his place, his, uh, okay. Asmarum. Asmarum, yeah, Asmarum was the most versatile. Yeah. And he was working in a, a, a clothing shop, clothing factory shop kind of thing. And his duties were to label uh, whether uh, a piece of clothing was uh, nylon or uh, whatever, cotton, uh, the various kinds. So he got so used to these uh, kinds of clothing that they had. And every time we walked in the streets of uh, Boston, you would say, oh, so-and-so, is this girl is wearing this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. uh, to, to, to make a long story short, um, after having worked there, you know, uh, four or five months, our scholarship was reinstated. Ah, okay. And we had lots of money because it was not only for the future, yeah. but uh, uh, going back, you know. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we had lots of money. Uh, what's the English word for it? You know, when you when you're paid backward. Huh? But you're a back pay. I mean, you're just yeah, back yeah. pay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
from the time it was cut off, you know. So we had uh, like uh, eight months of. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! Yeah. So you know what we did? Asmarom yeah. and I together we bought a car, uh, okay. a 1957 uh, Ford. I remember it clearly, and that Ford came in handy because. A few months later, you remember that girl, Fimita? She yeah. got married, and she got married in that car. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so that car cost $150. It was a yeah. 1951 uh, Ford. But this was being uh, 1957. So it was only six years old. Mm -hmm. So you could buy a six-year-old car for $150. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that was in. Uh, anyway, as soon as our scholarship was reinstated, uh, we decided to uh, go different ways, and, and really, I'm finishing. Uh, I stayed. I went on to Colombia uh, to continue with my education in uh, uh, PhD education in uh, the Teachers College Colombia. Uh, Asmarom stayed on, but he changed his field to anthropology. But he stayed on at Harvard and finished his PhD and became a professor. He is still a professor. Uh, Abraham, uh, he was my best man, you know, when I got married. Abraham de Moss uh, was uh, faculty of art, dean of faculty of arts when I was dean of uh, faculty of education. So, uh, you know, our uh, careers uh, went in parallel. Um, he went to UCLA and studied linguistics and study, uh, and got his PhD in linguistics. Wow. Married my uh, the fourth guy, uh, went to Chicago. He too did his PhD, but in history. Later on, he went to Portugal and studied Portuguese and wrote a book on, on, on the medieval Portuguese period in Portuguese. He, he died not long ago. By the way, uh, Abraham too has died. So of the mm. four of us, two are surviving and two are dead. Wow. So we'll stop here uh, because now we're uh, uh, it's the end of 57, the beginning of 58. In January 1958, I moved to uh, Columbia University. Uh, and I was met at the airport, uh, or was it train station? I don't know. By Andy, Andy, whom you know, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we, we were friends from Tafari Makoni days on. So a new life uh, began. I, I, I think I'm more or less finished. There may have been one or two things I could have talked about Harvard uh, in terms of the content of the subjects I learned, but. Uh, Generally, I think uh, we've covered it. If if anything specific comes up, I can say it uh, when we come when we talk about Colombia. I can always go back to the Harvard and, and mention it. Okay, okay, that was that was fantastic. That was really fascinating. I mean, it sounds like you guys left Ethiopia as teenagers, and in one year you did uh, a lot of growing up and uh, found yeah. your own feet. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you. We enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, just a minute. Uh, are you on now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think what made us, um, what sustained us was this combination of hard work, discipline, good use, good use of time that we inherited from the Jesuits, mm. plus the opening of our eyes and ears and our thoughts and everything from these discussions and because we had so much time at Harvard, we could read, you know, read endlessly, you know, day in, day out, we were reading. So we, we, we enlarged our horizons at Harvard, and then we had this good habit or habit at, at, uh, at UCA, UCLA, UCA. Mm -hmm. So between the two, you know, those two combinations are, I think, what sustained us throughout our careers, later on in our lives, I think. 
Wow. But anyway, we'll continue in next time. And thank you. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. 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 okay.